0: Hello, and welcome back to the Rediscovery Podcast. So, just before we get into this week's episode, which I'm super excited about, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who's followed us on Twitter. So, over at the Rediscovery Pod on Twitter. Everyone's been so great on there, and we've really been growing. So, thank you all so much. And if you aren't following us over there, check us out, and I would be very much appreciative of that. So, as for this week's episode, I wanted to get into the world of exercise and health in the middle of the last century. I was inspired to make this episode in part by an article I read by Neil Howe over on Forbes, which kind of centred all around the way that men and the idea of masculinity has changed over the past 60 or 70 years. It was a super good read, um, so I'll leave a link to it in the description of this episode. So if you're watching on YouTube, it'll just be down there, or if you're on Spotify, then you can find it next to the play button, wherever that'll be. Okay, so let's get started. So all over the news in the last decade, but especially in the last five or so years, the media has been really portraying the image that people in the present are far less healthy than the generations before them. And I thought, is this true? Well, there are a number of studies that indicate that this is indeed the case, pointing to an increased rate of obesity, especially among children, and a 2017 study showing that poor diet was now a bigger killer than smoking worldwide. From what I've seen, there seems to be one consistent theme as to why people nowadays are more likely to suffer from cardiovascular diseases, obesity, and other fitness-related illnesses compared to 50 or 60 years ago. And that's just people move less. The rise of automation has had an incredibly damaging effect on people's health, especially in Europe, North America, and the Far East. The prevalence of automatic machines has slowly but steadily pervaded our lives gradually over the last half century. Actually, as I was doing my research for this episode, I tried to pay attention to things in my house that I can't take for granted um, that take mobility out of my day. So things like the TV, my computer that I'm recording this on, and even the small stuff like the kettle and the toaster. We're constantly surrounded by things that either encourage us to be stationary or things that speed up tasks so we can get back to doing stationary things. This compared with, in the 50s, it being commonplace for children, their parents, usually mothers, to walk places like to school instead of the car school run that's common today. In fact, there are only around 4 million registered vehicles on the road in Britain in 1950, compared to over 35 million in 2015, an increase of over 750%. This, despite the population only growing by about 15 million at that time, an increase of just over 30%. Of course these numbers take into account all types of vehicles, not just cars and private property but delivery vehicles and other types of commercial vehicles, but the dramatic change isn't something that can be easily ignored. In fact it's something that took me aback, I've actually had to try not to focus on all the things that are almost controlling my life and my day to day. It appears that life inside the home in the 50s was a lot more active and strenuous, especially for women according to a number of studies. The mothers and grandmothers of today's generation burn in excess of well over 1000 calories a day through their domesticated lifestyle according to a study by the women's magazine Prima. According to that same study, women today get through only about 550 calories even though up to 70% think they're healthier than their 1950s counterparts. Average daily calorie consumption for women in the UK is around 2200 today opposed to 1800 back then This could be down to eating more junk food, as a study suggested, as more meals tended to be home-cooked in the post-war period. As for fitness and training in this time, it looked a lot different than the high-tech gyms of today. One aspect of training that isn't as common today but was huge in the 40s and 50s was the idea of full-body training. Today, it's common practice for fitness enthusiasts to train one set of muscles per workout, be that back, or arms, or core, or whatever else. In the 50s though, it was most common for fitness gurus to practice full body workouts where the individual would work out the whole body in any given training session. Similar to that, in the late 1950s and early 1960s saw the explosion of the popularity of protein shakes. Before, it was common practice for bodybuilders to eat whole foods to supplement their training, focusing on eggs, meat and dairy. But around this time, the specialisation of food and training became more and more popular. For women, exercise in the 50s mostly consisted of calisthenics, with shows like The Jack LaLanne Show, which was the first televised women's exercise programme coming on TV in 1953, encouraging women to use their body weight and things around their home to exercise. Another popular form of exercise was cycling, with the first women's cycling clubs being established in the 1920s, such as the Rostlin Ladies Cycling Club, with more and more women getting into it through the next three decades. One thing I did find a little worrying was the lack of information on men's health from the same period. Just searching women's health 1950s will bring you hundreds of accessible articles and studies, especially from tabloid sites. But try the same search for men and there's very little. I wonder why this was, but when I really thought about the wording of the articles, a lot of it seemed to be really negative. Headlines like amazing weight loss tricks from the 1950s and why we're fatter than the 1950s, all aimed at today's women were really disheartening. I think that this is possibly one of the reasons why I'm doing this episode, and this series in general try and uncover a real look into the health and life of the mid 20th century and not trying to get wound up in all the fluff. Just one final thing on fitness. I think the why behind people wanting to get into shape has changed a lot too since the 50s. In the prep workout for this episode, I looked around a lot to try and find people's reasons to get into shape. And that's become something that people tend to think about a lot these days. And everywhere, all you see is get in the best shape of your life. And I think that says a lot. Your life. It's rare to find a personal trainer who's helping people get in shape with their family or their friends. It's always getting the best shape of your life. Obviously, it's impossible to quantify how much people care about their image, and let alone compare it across generations, but something tells me if you ask people 60 or 70 years ago why they wanted to be fit and healthy, you might get answers that they might want to provide for their children and other more non-centered answers. After all, they probably needed to be in better shape, as there weren't many machines that could help them look after their kids and their family. The way people eat in the West has changed a lot too. Rationing continued even after the end of the Second World War. For example, when Queen Elizabeth II came to the throne in 1952, sugar, butter, cheese, bacon, meat and tea were all still being rationed. Rationing didn't actually finish until 1954 in order to get the agriculture sector back up and running after the war ended in 1945. As a result, the old meat and two veg was the normal food regime for most families in the 50s and 60s in the UK. Eating out was much less common compared to today, and the variety of junk food, as it might call it, was much more limited. Also in terms of food, people tended to eat with more regularity and routine in the mid-20th century compared to today. And this has a lot to do with the way people worked. The vast majority of the workforce in Europe and North America worked on a broadly similar timeline, like clock in, clock out. Working from 9 to 5 and then going home for the evening was the most common form of day. Of course, there were various occupations that work longer days or more irregular hours, but this wasn't the widespread case as it often is today. The rise of the internet has led to more and more people either working from home or working at home in the evenings away from the office. The biggest tragedy of this development was the loss of an essential meal, breakfast. It's become fashionable to just get takeout coffee on the way to the office, or if you're working from home, just skip any sort of breakfast entirely. Oatmeal, or porridge, was a staple of breakfast in many 1950s households. and This would often be homemade meal, not just adding water to a packaged mix and then shoving it in the microwave. Well, that just about does it for this week's episode. I'd really love to hear from any listeners with their thoughts on how health and fitness has changed throughout the decades. Do you think it's changed for better or for worse? And what's something you'd change about the way we think about health today? Or do you think we're in a good place where we are? Researching this episode really opened my eyes into the ways that we conceptualise health and how the ideals of fitness has changed. Something that I think I'll take away from this experience is just how automated our daily lives are and it's made me think about whether that's necessarily a good thing. On the one hand it's never been easier to travel, clean and eat but what are we trading off for these luxuries and is that worth it? Next week's episode will be a little bit different, as I'll not only be experiencing something through the lens of research and practice, I'll be living it as well. I'll be wearing shirts and ties and semi-formal trousers every single day for the next seven days. I'm excited to see how it makes make me feel and the reactions I'll get, so listen in next time to hear more from that. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Rediscovery underscore pod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and wherever else you like to listen from.